What's up, guys? Welcome to the TCC Conversation Podcast. I'm Pastor Grace. I'm the middle school pastor here at TCC. And today, I am joined by Pastor Jordan, who is our awesome worship pastor. Jordan, thanks for joining today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, Grace. Glad you're here. So we are now the second week into our new sermon series, which is God Talk at the Kitchen Table, which is looking at the Book of Romans, and we're kind of working through it backwards, which is fun. So this Sunday, Pastor Tim brought an awesome message, just talking about looking back at just how chapter 16 was working and what it means for us to be a part of this church and how this is actually the first time Paul uses the word church, just what it looks like for this new reality of what God's doing within the midst of the church. I loved how Tim kind of made it like this, this sentence of like, oh, like, all of this has worked together throughout this book, and suddenly it's this makes sense. Like, oh, this is the church. Um, so for the next couple weeks, as we continue through the sermon series, what we'll be doing on the podcast is actually listening to the full recording from our table conversations that happen each week. So what you see on Sunday morning and what you get to hear in the Sunday morning podcast is actually a shortened clip because we can't play the whole 10 to 15 minute clip every single Sunday. Service was a how long on Sunday, Jordan? <laughs> Way too it long. Was, it was right about 59 minutes, which is about 10 to 15 minutes longer than it's been uh, since 2016. So, yeah. So, which isn't a bad thing, but also we want to be conscious of your guys' time on a Sunday morning. And totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity for us then to engage with this table conversation. We'll hear the whole thing. Neither Jordan nor myself has uh, listened to the whole conversation. So we're both coming in a little bit blind. We'll be taking notes as we're listening with you guys. And then we're just going to kind of expound a little bit more on some of the topics that are brought up today um, as we just dive a little bit deeper. So without further ado, let's watch this video. Rod DeVore. Um, I am father of four. I got four great kids. My, my wife is em, Emily DeVore. She works at the church. And um, right now, my work is focused at uh, United Way of Greater Nashville, where I work with um, programs that serve families and experience homelessness. It's good to meet you. So, hello, my name is Carla, and I'm currently an international student at Tribeca, and I'm studying pastoral ministry. And thankfully, I'm a senior this year. So, I'm looking forward to what's next. So Carla, we were um, reading Romans 15, 1 through 13 and, and trying to reflect on that and just think about what, what it means for us and, and what thoughts we had in regards to that passage. So what, what was your immediate reactions to that passage? So after reading Romans, I really got to, to see that this is a, a verse, a chapter about unity and what it means to, to be united as a body of Christ and what it means to to reflect that and embody that. And I really like one of the words that was the right of the, the first verse that um, it had, it was about embracing the, the, the failures of the weak. And when I hear the word embrace, I just feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is um, Jesus on a cross, embracing all the sins of humanity, embracing all, all that, that 
just doesn't bring unity to the body of Christ. And I feel that there's so many ways that we can embody that and, and should not limit the different and different ways to embody that within communities, within classrooms, within different aspects of life. There should be a way that we should never cease to create and imagine new things into that type of faith. You know, it resonates with some of the reflections that I had on the passage. Um, you know, particularly around how we think about um, our neighbors and how we think about um, difference. And a lot of the um, reasons why difference divides us is because we haven't really learned to celebrate unique gifts and abilities and distinctions that are present. Um, we also forget to celebrate the fact that you know, these individuals that we have determined to be different are um, uniquely gifted by God in ways that um, that we often ignore and, and lose sight of. And so I think what happens in the church is that we create a real dichotomy between who's in and out, uh, who's weak and strong, and um, keeps us from creating space to really listen to each other like we are today, right? Um, having a conversation that helps us understand more fully um, who God has created us to be together. And I think that um, commitment is a um, core part of what uh, we're reflecting on with this passage is, you know, what is God calling us into? Um, God's calling us into a way of being with our neighbors that our very understanding of who God created us to be is wrapped up in relationship to the other. And I think that's a very significant understanding that uh, it's hard to come to unless we position ourselves um, in a way that um, allows these conversations to occur. Um, a good way to see it is if we are, if we want to help and if we want to welcome the the poor and the and the people who need uh, help in in communities, we first need to relocate ourselves in the narrative of Jesus, and we need to ask ourselves practical questions about what am I in the narrative of Jesus? I'm I'm not here to have this complex of a savior because I'm not. I'm just a reflection of that savior, and nothing that I do with my own strength could ever save someone. I'm just trying to do my best. Like, whenever one of the things that, as as you Rod shared, one of your personal experiences, one of the things that I personally got to to live this out was when I was helping out at the Trebekah Towers during my, I believe it was my second semester sophomore year. We, a group of friends and I, we just there was no one telling us to do it. We were just wanting to want to hang out with the with the residents of the towers and play board games with them every Saturday. And I think that. One of those experiences has um, just caught me how, what are the guidelines between, that I was using between being weak and strong. And usually what we are all tempted to do when we are trying to help others is we try to think of this passage, oh, I'm the strong, I'm going to go help the weak. And I feel that that's something that we sometimes get to mislead in our own selves because I feel that what Paul and what Jesus tries to teach us through his 
um, gospel and through his way of living is that we will never be strong if we are just thinking about the things that we can do for others by our own means, by our own strength. I feel that that's when we become weak. We become weak when we think we can do it by ourselves. But we become strong when we let ourselves be united in community and when we let ourselves be also seen as weak sometimes because we will be the weak and we will be the ones who need help and i think that it's that um agape love that reciprocity <laughs> that reciprocity of like um sometimes i'm gonna be the weak sometimes i'm gonna be the strong but it doesn't matter if we're all together and i feel like i remember and there's this book that I read for one of, of my classes that really, it, it's a practical way to see it as well, of how the strongest presence of, of Christ in the world is us united. There's no way that we can be strong if we're not united. And I feel that's something that, um, as Yurat said, we need to see which are the things that are affecting communities and which are the things that are tangibly affecting them, not just um, within the spiritual realm, but also the physical realm that it, it needs to, to open up and let us be able to come in and help and also serve as well. But with the mentality that there's nothing that we could ever do alone. We need, we need God's guidance. We need that. And just to wrap it up, I would also like to say, like, even in the, in the passage, if we go through the passage, um, it ends up to a call of joy. It ends up to a call of hope because that's what this will lead us to. And at the end, it will not lead us to wanting more. It will not lead us to, to want to become like the Savior. It would lead us to a, a state of hope and a state of joy in which we welcome one another. And, and there's no, like set of checklists that says like this is weak this is strong this makes you weak this this makes you strong and also to see that the outside appearance is not usually what determines what's weak or strong it's it's what's in the core it's what's in the inside and just right now really like looking at this table like this communion table it has lots of marks in it but i feel this table is pretty sturdy i think this table won't fail ever even if like a lot of people like stand on it and I know that indifference if other like really nice new and polished table was here and it wouldn't matter if that table wouldn't even hold a cup or it wouldn't even hold a minimum weight. So I feel that that's also about this passage, like, like you said, Rod, um, seeing the different and unique aspects that makes us, that makes us strong in Christ. A part of thinking about this passage and great conversation that we've had um, makes me think about the ways that this type of of like reflection has shaped the way I've kind of interacted in the world and the work that I'm doing. Um, you know, I think a big part of you know what I've committed to um, is around seeking to uh, engage and embrace individuals as um, individuals to be embraced as opposed to like objects of service. And I think that's a key significance. So in our work in like social services and engaging those that might be on the peripheral of our society, um, you know, we have to um, break down these barriers that keep people from feeling like you are walking with them through whatever challenges that they're experiencing. Um, and I think the challenge for the church here is 
um, reorienting ourselves to wrestle with the conditions that are creating these dichotomies that that we talked about right so I think the hard thing for for the church in many ways is to identify how we might be complicit in creating some of these conditions or we might be uh, a part of creating divisions that we might say we despise um, but haven't reordered or sought to rewire our relationships to ensure those conditions no longer hold these problems in place that are creating these dichotomies. And so I think part of our work, my work has been rooted in thinking about how do we remove the conditions that hold these problems in place. And that means we have to think about individual relationships, but we also have to think that these individual relationships transform those systems and structures that keep these conditions in place. So that's a tough conversation for people to have, but one when we think about weak and strong, it often falls in lines in our society around what structures and systems support one or the other. So just, it's a matter of how do we find ourselves in relationships that will allow us to disrupt that dichotomy and seek to create something new. And that commitment to something new has to reorder the way we act in the world, right? Has to reorder the way we act with our families. Um, and so for me, that has manifested itself in just being engaged in, in work that helps me push on those conditions. So right now with working at United Way, um, we are focused on ending family homelessness. And that means we have to change the way the systems of support work to ensure that families have access to supports that will prevent them from becoming homeless, but also end homelessness. Um, and so that has how this passage in this conversation, um, where it resonates with my experience, is that um, you know we we have to work to to push on these conditions so that we can. Um, no longer think about in and out or weak and strong, but recognize what God has uniquely created us to be as the body of Christ. And, and that is exciting. <laughs> it's inspiring. It's also challenging. So, but it takes reflection internally for us to then root out why we are settled with these divisions and what mental shifts, what spiritual shifts um, need to happen to help us bring about this new create creation in which God is calling us into. Well, thank you Rod. It was really great um, learning from you and learning from all your experience and I hope we keep growing together and we keep knowing more about how we can help out and serve the communities around us. Carla, it's been great to talk to you. Um, thanks for sharing uh, this time with me and having this open conversation. I appreciate you. Well, that was amazing. That was fun. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I love them. Oh, wow. so much. <laughs> so. What stood out to you, Jordan? Where do you want to go? 
Well, I mean, I have a whole page of notes. I, I need to listen to that three or four more times to, to kind of grasp everything that was said. And honestly, I, we got like three or four minutes in the video and I was like, dang, maybe we need to make time to play that whole video <laughs> in service on Sunday. There's so much good oh, stuff man. there. Um, but just the, um, the concept of unity, um, Carla brought it up, um, referencing the passage. And in fact, I, just before this, this podcast recording session, I was just having a conversation with somebody about um, how unity doesn't mean uniformity, uh, especially what we were talking about, uh, specifically was in worship, but um, that unity that kind of transcends divisions of social status or class or age or gender or race or any kind of other preference or choice you could have. Um, that kind of unity that comes is, is really, I, I think I, I tried to get exactly how Carla said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but basically she said in a book that she was reading said that this was like one of the most faithful representations of the body of Christ in the world is when we're united. And um, while that, that unity uh, is so important, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're all uh, in agreement about every single thing. Uh, you know, even at the beginning of this conversation, Grace, you said that you had a conversation with somebody else about some plans in a few weeks. And he asked, well, are, are you mad at me? He said, no, I'm not mad at you. I just disagree with you. I'm, I'm not mad at you. Which is um, an eight is super easy to say. I don't know. Yeah. It's true. Um, so I think I think we often uh, mistake unity and uniformity uh, in a way that kind of like holds us back from seeing the kingdom of heaven uh, at work around us uh, because we, we just think that goodness and progress isn't happening because we disagree about how this group is voicing their opinions or we disagree about what this group is choosing to do or what this individual is saying on Twitter or, you know, whatever. There's any kind of opportunity we can uh, we can have to disagree with one another. Um, according to what Carla said, that is tearing down and eating away at the best representation of the body of Christ in the world when, when we refuse to be united. Um, and I know that everyone has their convictions about certain things, individual things. I'm not pointing anything specific, but um, this, just this idea that uh, the presence of Christ is the only thing that can truly unite us. Um, and I mean, especially that's, that's especially timely for our church right now as we're still like every other church in the world are facing decisions about COVID-19 and what, what are best practices and how do we love our, our people well and all those things, as well as combining our services still into one worship expression that is just kind of half this and half that for now, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the idea of unity is especially uh, timely and honestly kind of difficult for me to process and deal with today. Um, but that's that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Yeah. And I think what I really appreciated was how what Rod was saying was like complimenting that. Um, you said at one point that like the way we think about our differences is as like celebrating the uniqueness as like mm -hmm. gifts of God and how like we are unique individuals, 
but then tying back into what Carla's saying, like we're not individualists. Where yeah. what makes us strong isn't what did you say? Hold on, I'm gonna pull my notes. You can my paper, hopefully not. But um, we become weak when we think we can do it all by ourselves. But we become strong when we are united in Christ. Mm-hmm. And saying that, like, as we view these differences of opinions and these unique expressions of worship and the individualistic emphasis that I think like America and like North America places on us as individuals, we are still always unified by that one notion of being a part of the body of Christ. Mm. Like we are able to be unified and I am able to disagree with individuals and still love them because like our relationship isn't resting upon us agreeing on everything. Like in a sense, like a disagreement has the potential to make us as a body of Christ, like that much better which again as an eight conflict whatever i don't care like we work through these moments of tension in order to get to this beautiful thing that is resolution um when i was first dating austin (laughs) he he does this thing where he gets like all philosophical which like we all know (laughs) we love him because of that he's great and he was talking about like something I can't even remember and I was like but like tension isn't bad like we like tension and he was like no we don't like tension we like the resolution that tension brings and I was like I guess like maybe I can kind of agree with that but that like we don't want to read a story that's like all happy and good like that's boring we don't want to listen to a song that is played all in the perfect key and never has any sharps or flats or changes keys like the best part of music is when we feel and embody the tension but not just because of tension's sake because if we hear a song that's all tension like we're going to turn that off too right like we need the crescendos and the falls and we need that tension that results in resolution and that like all of these pieces working together in individualism through the logic of christ or the body of christ suddenly makes sense again yeah in a way that maybe doesn't make sense to the rest of the world which is like this beautiful symphony that like we want to listen to and participate and be a part of not because it's all perfect but because like it's gone through the process of becoming that symphony you know sure absolutely i love that i uh near the beginning of the pot or near the beginning of the video i believe it was carla who said something like um this this embodiment of this passage in Romans 15 uh, means that we need to lean into who we could be together. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that, um, it just offers not, not a variety in the sense of like, well, we're never going to get bored because there's a bunch of different things to pay attention to here. So always going to be some curveballs, not in that kind of sense, but in another real kind of sense. Um, the, the idea that our worship, our community, our, our relationships are better if we disagree and live in that tension. Number one, I think that that, kind, that tends to speak of the grace that comes uh, with knowing and loving Christ and being loved by Christ, um, being able to live in that tension and, and be okay with um, you know, not just agreeing all the time, but, but even more so than that, like, golly, I think about um, a new restaurant opened up in Hermitage 
called Bonfire. And if you're listening to this and you live in Hendersonville or Hermitage, I highly recommend it. They call it Mongolian barbecue. And what you do is you, you pay for a bowl. You pick your starch. I highly recommend, recommend the fried rice. And then they have buckets of different kinds of meats and spices and vegetables and sauces. And you choose everything that you want. And they put it all together and they stir fry it and then they give it to you. And it is just delicious and it's fantastic. But it's not fantastic because the shrimp is good. It's not fantastic because the sauce is good. It's fantastic because it's all good together. Like um, just the, the, the possibilities that happen when we come together. And I mean, I'm always going to bring this back to worship. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, shut up about worship. I'm, I apologize. But a few years ago, I started planning worship with a team of people because I found that the services we were leading started to sound the same. Um, they started to sound a lot like me and my preferences and the people that I liked to listen to and the songs I like to sing and all those kinds of things. And instead I brought a team of people together. One who was, um, we, we all came from a similar background, but had different kind of, we were at different places in our journey at the moment and all different kinds of musical taste, uh, different skills in music, um, but then different experience and walking away from church and then coming back and all those kinds of things. And what happened when we planned together was something that was so faithful to who our congregation was in the moment uh, that it was, it was just so much more beautiful than anything I could have done on my own. And so like I could have kept planning services by myself and that would create uniformity. Like, yeah, we're all going to do the same thing, but that didn't create unity because in that echo chamber, like I was, alienating people who didn't see it the way I saw it. I was alienating it, alienating people who didn't like the things that I liked. Um, and then they, they found themselves not having a place in, in our, in our worship. Um, and so I just, I just really think this, this concept of unity and like, I loved uh, how Carla kind of flipped it. And it's like, you know, we often see ourselves as the strong in that situation. If it's the strong versus the weak, we often see ourselves as the savior. Um, like, oh man, we're going to, I'll fix this. I'm strong enough. I can take care of this, whatever. I need to use what I can to go help the weak. Um, but if we truly see ourselves as the weak, like we're all the weak in need of a savior, uh, that in itself is unifying. Um, that levels the playing field um, and, and creates a, a really true sense of humility and like humbling ourselves to as low as we deserve to be but also exalting ourselves to as high as we deserve to be and being on the same playing field. And I just, I just really love that idea of unity. Yeah. I think that's so good. Rod also brought up like the, like another way of stating recognizing where we were with weak and strongness, but also saying that like part of our job as the church is like identifying conditions that cause division and also identifying divisions within our communities and recognizing ways that maybe we're even like complicit to these divisions and conditions and that often I have seen some of the ways we are complicit is when we view it as ourselves being the strong and the others being the weak. Um, 
And so one thing I just really want to challenge our listeners and something that I'm challenged by a lot is just trying to think through, especially right now, like during a season of COVID where it is hard to be in community with others. Like what does it look like for us to create spaces to like be with our neighbors and to be with the other? And it may not necessarily be like your next door neighbor, but it could be someone at your kid's school or someone that's at the bus stop when you're dropping your kids off. Maybe someone at your swim class or like whatever it is, like how do I create space to like have conversation with the other and like not have them be other anymore, but have them become someone. And like, I think that's hard enough to do without having like a global pandemic added on top of it. But just thinking through like, what what does that look like then for us as a church in this season? And as we're moving out of the season, like how do we create spaces to have these conversations and relationships with people that maybe we wouldn't have known otherwise? Because like you keep saying, Jordan, like unity isn't, what did you even say? Oh my gosh. Uniformity. Uniformity. Like yeah. it is. It's, I think the most beautiful act of unity is when it's diverse. And not like diverse for the sake of diversity, right? But like, like I even think of the youth workers we have right now at TCC and just the diversity that we have of adults, um, of ages, of genders, and of their interests. And the fact that like, I love my middle school youth workers, but I have one specific one who I'm really ready to be back in town because he relates to like a whole section of kids that like none of us relate to right now. And like, I need him back. Because, like, I'm not good enough without him. And it's not like, you know, like, it'll be fine and we'll get on and it'll be okay. But when he gets back, like, oh, my gosh, it makes it so much easier. Because he relates to the kids in a specific way that none of us can. Because we're diverse. And that's such a good thing. And there are other times when, like, I need another youth worker to drop back. Or I need a youth worker to make things more creative. Or to pull a kid aside and have that one-on-one conversation. Because, like, they just know that needs to happen. And, like... That's one of the greatest strengths of a good team, regardless of how that team is working or where they're working. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths of what it means for us to be a part of the church. It's like, we're on this team and what's unifying us is something that is so much more than a company or a project or a mission. Like it is the Holy Spirit and it is God. And we're unified as the body of Christ. And like, what does that then look like for us to create spaces to be with our neighbors and to and turn to relationships where we have to see division and confront it and deal with that. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, when we, when we kind of walk up to the crossroads of um, deciding who is strong and who is weak um, in, in the situation of your youth workers or in our families and our communities, like as soon as we kind of decide that like, it doesn't have to be strong and weak. Um, we also eliminate the uh, the temptation to label one right and one wrong, mm-hmm. and to we we have to truly understand that the only thing that unites us, uh, and the most important thing that unites us is Christ, and and our need for Christ. And and in that, um, we can be the most human uh, with each other. We don't have to compete. We don't have to struggle for the spotlight or for attention or rights or in any of that kind of thing, because it doesn't have to be one group or one person elevated over another. 
Um, and that that's just that's a really important thing. I think it's beautiful that uh, your 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 team of youth workers can like sometimes step up, sometimes pull back, because it's not about this is what I want to do, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like th- like don't mess with me or don't push back toward me or whatever. It's just like we're we're here to love on students. We're here to be the light of Christ in their lives. And if that means I need to step up, I'll step up. If that means I need to pull back, I'll pull back because nothing else matters. Um, so I just, yeah. And that's unity. That's it, even in the midst of diversity of experience and background, that, that is unity. Um, and so that, that's what I hope for our church as well. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I guess my last question I'll leave you guys with as we uh, wrap up is how do we find ourselves in relationships that help us see division and push us to change the way brokenness works in the world to bring about God's new creation? So as you go about your days, kind of think on that. What relationships do you find yourself in when maybe you are forced to face division in the world or brokenness in the world? And how is God equipping and using you to bring about God's new creation? And also a reminder, luckily, none of us are doing it alone, right? Yay, church. Amen. Amen. But I think this was good. I'm super stoked. I have no idea who is on table conversation for next week. So I can't wait to see and hear who we're going to hear from. So thanks for joining us. Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Have a good week, guys. Yeah, see you guys.